last time on the Book of the Raven. This book is a key that needs no lock. The other, a lock that needs no key. Use one to open the door to come in. The other to open the door to leave. And unless somebody tells her not to this time, she's going to open the book. You are no longer in the room. The room itself has drifted away. There is a beast on Three Tree Hill. If you are indeed heading to Chalet Rantifax, know this. It is a cursed place. So having stuffed your packs or not, as the case may be, you resume your journey along the path. You notice that the path curves eastward where before you had been heading more westward and south, kind of curves directly east as if you are somewhat backtracking further south of where you came from, uh, but sort of moving in a zigzag type pattern. And you are traveling through a dense forest. There is ample game if there is any hunting or anything to be done but with the rations that you received from from the caravan they are filling and healthy and so none of you are particularly hungry searches the sands i know you didn't take any of the rations uh, do you have trail rations of your own that you're keeping I have some simple trail rations that i will be eating during this time and i will make sure that my familiar is about 75 to 80 feet in front of us so that i'm mm-hmm. still within telepathic range of it it's very much seeing kind of the same thing that you're seeing now right the road is a little overgrown but not bad otherwise seems in mostly good repair it seems like it's not used frequently but it is not unused either your telepathic connection with your familiar is reporting very much the same thing and eventually as you're moving through the forest he will note to you that there is a large hill sort of rising on the left-hand side that is, for the most part, bereft of trees. And you've been seeing forest now for, you know, about an hour. And so all of a sudden seeing this hill face that is bereft of trees is curious to him, especially knowing that you're looking for a place called Three Tree Hill. Um, And he will report eventually, as he can see the peak of the hill, eventually that there do seem to be three large oak trees at the top. As we're walking away from the caravan, Kilvarix, after we're out of sight of the caravan, would have pulled to the side and stopped for everyone and says, I think we need to come to an agreement to get out of here. We seem to be working as individuals and we need to become a teammate. I am not good at this sort of thing. No one here seems to be taking the lead, however. I, I, am, uh, I miss Simeon for some reasons. I am a humble cleric of Io, and uh, sometimes impatient, as you may have noticed. I believe teamwork will be the only thing that will get us out of here. I do not disagree with this one's sentiment. If it is an approach that we desire, militarily, it would be best to have scouts and observant people up front to report back. Ranged combatants to the rear or at least to the middle, where they can be effectively deployed once combat ensues. I wish to be at the front. 
Alarai yes. shrugs and moves towards the front. Cass turns to Kovarax and says, well, as you know, I do both. Yes. Yes, you do. What about our naturally armored friend here? And the fuzzy one. Alarai looks up. I am quick and agile, so the front would be great for me, but I also tend to not like to get up close and personal in case of danger. I smile at the tabaxi and kind of pat my great sword. So how do you assemble yourselves in marching order on the road? Well, Kilvarix will like to be at the back. He'll have his spear out in one hand and a shield in the other if we're approaching the mountain or the three tree hill because there's something there and uh, wait for the other ones to figure out who's going to lead this group. Alarai, you have progressed to the front, yet you do not appear to be a front line combatant. Is this your perceptive nature taking hold? Are you our scout? I will be in the front. Appearances can be deceiving. Perhaps their advantage might lead to some advantages. And such as the sands will climb to the nearest tree and climb up with his cat-like reflexes. Put you in the tree. I should also mention that the road ahead of us is much the same as that behind. I have eyes more so than just on my face. So as you're moving through this forest, Search of the Sands, are you continuing to kind of stay in the trees and kind of moving from tree to tree, or are you merely scaling one to get a better look at what might be ahead of you? Uh, I will stay in the trees, kind of hopping from branch to branch. Um, so you are all aware, like now that you know that he's there and you know what it is, you can hear him kind of jumping from branch to branch. And you can also tell that cast in particular, you know what someone who is skilled at silent movement sounds like, right? And so while you all know that he is there and can hear him because you know he is there, you can also tell that he's he's quite stealthily being able to move through these trees. Not unlike normal skill for a tabaxi uh, with their with a very deft nature. Once you've settled the marching order, again, Candy, your familiar, begins to report that the tree line itself is dying down and that this large rocky outcropping is before you. And that while the trees themselves are falling away, that there do seem to be three prominent oak trees at the top of the hill. Searches the sands as you're kind of skillfully going through the trees and training yourself kind of on the peak there to determine what's going on. You step on a branch that is not strong enough to support you and you, you fall out of the tree. You are luckily able to stop yourself from taking damage as you fall, but you have lost your, uh, your position in the trees themselves. And you are at the edge of the tree line and so now down at ground level with everybody else. Candy, your familiar reports, nothing unusual. We approach the area we were warned of. Extra vigilance would be prudent. There is definitely a screech from the top of the hill 
Kilvarix, you definitely recognize it as draconic in nature. It's not a typical sort of draconic set. Like it's not like a red dragon or something like that, uh, but it is definitely some sort of dragon variant. So yeah. it's a worm. I hear that. Having uh, heard that, Alaria is going to look down at the ground for worms <laughs> to see why they're so, ex- why is it so interesting to have to point out the worms? And then off to your left, you hear a heavy land on one of the cliff faces off to your left and rocks sort of tumbling down the hill. And a large bronze-skinned wyvern on its hind legs uh, kind of glowers off the hill and roars loudly. Alarai looks up and goes, oh, worm. Candy, the initiative belongs to you, your actions. Is the scale accurate, so it's about 60 feet away from me? It is indeed. I will move up 20 feet from it, or 20 feet towards it, so it's 40 feet away from me, and I will cast Mind Sliver. Okay. It needs to make a DC 14 intelligence save, please. He will fail. He will take four points of psychic damage, and his next saving throw Uh, he has to subtract a d4 from it. When that happens, I will have you roll the d4 for me, please. Sure. But we'll do that when that happens again. Kess. Kess is going to sling the longbow off her back, Mm -hmm. notch an arrow, um, and in one swift movement, shoot at the wyvern. Okay. Excellent. And that is a uh, a nat 20, 27 to hit. Ooh. There. Okay. So so start at max damage for that and then roll your damage dice, please. 25 damage. And then on top of that, can I add a Kensei shot, an extra damage, extra 1d4 damage? Sure. So that would be another four. So 29 damage. The arrow plunges into uh, his, the wyvern's right shoulder area uh, and the wyvern screams uh, loudly with that shot. Uh, well done. I'd like to move up to uh, about halfway to the wyvern. There's that sort of rocky outcrop in the landscape and I want to crouch behind that so that I have okay. a place to shoot again. Next is Anon. How far away am I from the uh, creature? 60 feet. I'm going to go ahead and uh, move up towards Kess, uh, and okay. then I will uh, attempt to cast uh, Frostbite. All right, so he just gets a constitution saving throw? Yeah, and then on a failed, so, uh, failed throw, he'll take a 1d6 hold and then a disadvantage on his next, next attack. Fabulous. Okay. He will so. subtract one from that saving throw. Thank you. Kess turns uh, and grins at you, Inan. Uh, so minus the one uh, is a 15. So what's your spell save DC? 13. Fabulous. Um, so he will successfully save. So you cast a, a shoot of wind at him. Um, he is he starts flapping his wings and beats whatever uh, snowballs you are you are throwing at him. Um, Alari. Alari is also going to run up a little bit closer. Okay, so kind of like hopping up on that little rocky outcropping. That'll work. Sure. She's going to take out the hand crossbow and mm-hmm. shoot. The shootout, the, the the hand crossbow. That is a 25 to hit and five damage. And as a bonus action, she's going to drop one of her hands from the crossbow. And as a free, you know, free hand, she's going to create 
a psionic blade and throw that as well. That's a nine to hit. That will, mi- that will miss. Uh, you throw it and it, it flies over his head and, and misses my it. turn. Okay. Uh, searches the sands. All right, I'm going to start off by moving west uh, 30 feet. All right, and then I'm going to take my ring and I'm going to rake it across the chains on my other forearm, which then unravel into the form of a golden longbow. Okay. And then from the gem of my ring, I pull back a black arrow and shoot it at the Wervin, which is uh, now hexed. Excellent. Last but not least, Kilvarix. Kilvarix is going to move up uh, to the main group, probably behind Enon. And as he's doing so, he is holding his uh, symbol underneath his chest and building up a glow in his hand. And then when he gets into position, he's going to launch a guiding bolt at uh, the wyvern. Excellent. 19 to hit. That will hit. We'll take four die six damage, and then it will have uh, whoever is the next person to attack it will have advantage on their attack roll. Excellent. Fifteen radiant damage. So the the bolt of radiant light shoots out from your hand and hits him square in the chest, and again he howls uh, loudly. Um, it is its turn, uh, and so it will take to flight off the rock. Uh, from the air, it will strafe over, like, just overhead. Alari, you will be the first. There is a claw attack coming at you. That is a 16 to hit. That hits. That hits. Uh, take 13 points of damage. Kess, it is swinging its stinger at you. Uh, that is an 18. Oh, that's gonna hit. That's gonna hit. So first off... See, uh, that's only six points of damage as the stinger embeds itself in your chest. But I also need you to make a constitution save, please. I know it. And that is a four. No, you will fail the constitution save. I know. Take 27 points of poison damage. All right. That's not good. Do you fall? I do. As it stings you um, and you collapse, the wyvern will land uh, and try to bite at you. This is really not good news, people. That's a 23. I believe that Um, hit. You are now in the wyvern's mouth. Alari, Anon, and Kilvarex, he is about to take flight again, so the three of you will get attacks of opportunity on him on the way by. Just to replay, he, he flew down, swiped at Alari, stung Kess, who fell, so he landed, has snatched her in his mouth, and is looking now to go ahead and take flight. So please, the three of you, will go just top to bottom here. Um, Alari, roll an attack. That With that attack roll, I will throw one of my, I will create and throw another dagger. That's fine. Yep. And that is six damage. Um, I'm going to see if I can cast a uh, lightning lure cantrip at him. Uh, strength saving throw. Uh, a 14 for my save. Uh, you did. And Kilvarix. Kilvarix is going to throw his spear, trying to get somewhere in the head to try to get him to drop uh, Kess. Yep. He gets a dirty 20 to hit. Okay, that will hit. Uh, nine total damage. Nine total. So I'm going to give him a constitution save against your damage to see if he drops Kess. 
Uh, he did not. Uh, he will take his remaining movement. Uh, he'll take half of his remaining movement, assuming he has to get airborne again. Top of the round. How far off of the ground is he? Um, so he was on the ground. That's a cliff face that he's starting to fly up. Um, so he's maybe five or ten feet above the ground. Not far. Far enough that if you run up to him, he would be within melee range. So I will move up. I think 30 feet would put me right on that cropping square. And there's just one of him, so green flame blade won't help. So I will unlimber and swipe with my greatsword, which is going to be a 22 to hit. That will hit. And wow, six slashing damage. Okay, Kess, you are currently at zero hit points. Your saving throw, please. Three. And on. I'm going to go ahead and move towards the worm. Uh, that's an eight. That will not hit. You will miss it. All right. I'm going to run up 30 feet, which is my distance, and put away the crossbow Let's and see, pull out see. one of my daggers and creating another one in the other hand. So that's a 21 to hit for the regular dagger. That's a hit. And that's six damage. And that's 21 to hit for my psychic blade. And that's five damage. And I'm going to scream, put down my friend, bastard. Mm. Okay. Searches the sands. All right. I'm going to run kind of straight north up 30 feet. All right. And then I will pull back an arrow on my longbow and take a shot. Okay. That is only a 13 to hit. That will not hit. Okay. And Kilvarex. Kilvarex is going to grab his amulet. And you can hear him muttering to his god Io, saying, not today, not for her, and cast healing word as a bonus action, saying, be well, Cass. And then also is going to open his mouth and say, cousin, this is for you, and breathe fire into his hand, pull back and throw his firebolt right at you. Okay, what is the range on healing word, first of all? Uh, healing word is 60 feet. So, Cass, you awake in the dragon's mouth. And then the bolt. Our bolt is probably going to miss. 11? Uh, will not hit. Okay. It is the dragon's turn. The first thing that he's going to do is swing his tail at Candy, being the one that hit him for the most damage this last time around. That is a 15 to hit. I will arcane <laughs> deflect that, which means that I use my reaction to add two to my armor class. Okay. Uh, which so makes my armor class 17. Oof. Okay. All right. So he swings his stinger at you um, and he misses. Otherwise, he will take his movement. And I will definitely like a piece of that opportunity attack. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So uh, all three of you, Alarai. Uh, Candy and Anon will all get attacks of opportunity on him. So let's go in that order again. Alarai? Does a, does an opportunity attack also create a sneak attack if he's engaged with somebody else? I think should, yeah. Okay, good, because I just remembered that I wasn't doing it again. Yep. That's a nine, so I guess I don't get anything. No, you will not hit. Candy? I got a 17 to hit for mm. seven slashing damage. That should hit. It does. For seven, you said? Seven, yes. I'm going to use uh, Tides of Chaos to try to get advantage on my attack roll. And I'm going to go ahead and 
attack with my uh, Spear of Frost. So first of all, when you when you cast uh, Agent of Chaos, Anon goes invisible. You don't realize that you've gone invisible, but nobody else can see him. Throw your spear. I'll go with stab uh, with uh, the advantage roll 16. 16 will hit him. Two pierced and one cold damage. Two pierced and one cold. Okay. Uh, you you stab him as he's leaving, but the, it's not quite square. You kind of just nick his rear leg as it's way by. Um, you can tell it's not a solid hit, uh, and he flies off. Kess, uh, he is going to use his bite attack on you in his turn. Uh, you are in his mouth, so he will do so at advantage. Oh, and I only rolled a 12. Thankfully, I rolled it at advantage because one of them was a negative, was a natural one. So a 12, though. Which does not hit. I wouldn't imagine as much. Nope. Okay. Um, so you can tell that he's trying to chomp down on you. Um, but since you are, you're real spindly and he can't actually get a good bite on you. All right. Okay. So, so I know that I had hit it with my sword attack. You, you uh, did. did it? It didn't drop her. It didn't feel threatened enough. It, it did not feel threatened enough. Give me a perception check, please. Nineteen. <laughs> uh, it's fleeing. Okay. You, you you know you know what a fleeing enemy looks like. How far off is it? It's about eighty feet away. Okay. So because I did the arcane deflection, I can only cast a cantrip this round for spells. You are currently uh, at the base of that cliff, so you're in difficult terrain, so your movement will be halved. All right, if I can get to within 60 feet of it, so I, can I move 20 feet closer to it somehow? What's your What's your movement? 30. 30, so you can only go 15 feet closer. If I were to loop out and around Alarai and go up the trail instead of climbing up the cliff face, would that be easier? Maybe, but you're, if you go right there, you are within 55 feet of it, so... Okay, so I will then let loose with a mind sliver once mm -hmm. again. All right. So range of 60 feet, it needs to make an intelligence saving throw of DC 14, please. Okay. He succeeds. Kess, you are in the dragon's mouth. And I'm pissed. So <laughs> I am going to... I'm holding the crossbow in one hand, which thus counts as a kensei weapon. Um, so I'm going to get an agile parry because I'm about to um, knife hand it in the eye. Uh, you'll do so at disadvantage. Cool. Six damage. And I gain a plus two to AC. So my AC is now 19 until my next turn. Although Excellent. I think it's about to die because I'm going to spend a key point to take Flurry of Blows. Okay. And um, hit it twice more. Okay. So I'll roll, roll those separately because I'm rolling two dice yep. each time. So the first one probably doesn't hit. That's a nine. It does not hit. And the second one is a uh, 12. Not a hit. Okay, so I lost a key point, but I had showed a lot of attitude. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you're tenderizing yourself. Raining down you. blows. Yeah. Yep. Those, those last uh, two were punches. All right. All right. I'm going to dash up the trail and around to the right. And that is a 16 to hit. That will hit. Awesome. That's 11 damage. Describe how your psychic dagger kills the wyvern. I am going to take very quick but careful aim and it's going all of a sudden Kess just sees this purple hilt glowing sticking out of its eye before it just and vanishes. Kess, make a strength save to try to force your way out of its mouth because it's kind of 
nasty right now. It's nasty, but I'm not feeling very strong. That would be a four. Okay, so you're somewhat trapped I'm in his mouth right now. Yeah. Going to move up as quickly as I can to try to extricate Kess. I, I have a strength of 16. Is everybody else kind of moving up there? Is that... Alari is definitely moving that direction. Kilvarix will trot up there once he sees that it has fallen. Can Kess attempt again because she's good at leverage with her longbow? Uh, especially with everybody else helping around now. Yeah, like that's... Candy, why don't you aid Kess in trying to pry open her mouth? So both of you roll and we'll take the higher of the two. That would be 19 for me. I got a 20 for my strength check. Rock on. 22 if it's athletics. Yep. Cool. With the natural 20, Candy basically rips the jaw off the maw of the beast. Thank you. You fight well. Excellent. This makes a small bow and collapses. <laughs> yeah, she is very badly injured. Yeah, it looks like a flesh wound to me. So Varks is going to look her over using his medicine skill to see if she's still poisoned or what's going on. Give a medicine check, please. 15 total. Yeah, she is still poisoned for sure. The, um, the wound, first of all, she has several wounds having been carried in the dragon's mouth, but the stinger wound itself seems absolutely caustic. Like, it's it's definitely very strong poison at that. Kilvarix, you are the medic of this group. I will grab my uh, multicolored disc under my thing, put my hand over, and start chanting to Io. And as the glow will hopefully suck the poison out as I cast Lesser Restoration on her. Okay. And it should be blinded, death, and paralyzed or poison. It uh, heals one condition. Okay, cool. So, Kess, you are no longer poisoned. I'm still feeling a little shaky. Seven hit points here. Kess is very badly injured. She grins and says, I think I like wyverns better than werewolves, though. Does the wyvern appear to have been flying towards its lair? Is that where this is? How much experience with wyvern lairs does Candy have? Uh, I mean, it's uh, bestial intelligence. I would look for matted down areas, yep. any trinkets, skeletons. It certainly seems like it is bedding here. Give me an investigation check. I'd also like to join in that because he beat me to it. Yep, fair enough. And I would like to try to take a survival check to see if I recognize any other signs. Oh, man. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I uh, achieved a nine. A nine. <clears throat> Alari, uh, why don't you roll your investigation, please? A, a natural 20. Natural 20. Well done. So, yes, it seems like the wyvern has been bedding up here at the top of the hill. It is strewn with the bones of small folk and boars and any sort of medium-sized game that it could get its hand on. Alari, I need you to give me a d6 roll, please. That's a four. A four. One, two, three, four. Sorry. In the pile of bones, you see a glint. The sun hits off of a green gem within the pile of bones. And when you go over to investigate it, there is a short sword in there with an emerald in the hilt. Well, I'm going to pull that out. Okay. Which is a nice knife. It's just nice, pretty, or does it look? Give me an arcana check. That's a 13, one, three. 
So you can't tell if it's magical because you don't have the ability to do so. However, knowing that magical items tend to be more ceremonial looking sometimes than regular ones and tend to be of good craftsmanship, this would be the type of sword that could be magical. Okay. It's not like a rusty old dagger. So waiting for a a more opportune moment to talk to Candy, I will have put it in my belt. So you stuff the short sword in your belt. And I'm assuming my nine, I didn't find anything interesting or of note. Nope. Correct. Her natural 20 found the only thing of interest. So there's no shot. So Vorax is going to try to bandage up, cast the best he can without wasting the spell slot. Do you wish to take some time, Cass? I'm not feeling that sparky right now, for sure. May I suggest we take a short rest? If it would be prudent, then yes, we can, I suppose. Uh, It is probably close to noontime at this point. So, you know, knowing that you would expect to reach the end of your path around nightfall, you think you could probably spare an hour or two for a short rest. I mean, we can't be in any place safer. Everything around here thinks that there's a wyvern up here. And we have an excellent vantage point for defense. How long would you like to rest for? I'm fine with just taking like a regular short rest if everyone else is. I'm fine with just one. Just one? Okay. Yep. So casts that will allow you to regain one hit point worth of health points. And a key point. But who's counting? So during a short rest, I am going to cast Identify on the ring. Okay. And if... Alori wants me to. I will do so also on the short sword. Yes, please and thank you. Cool. So let's start with the ring. The ring is a an adept level ring of absorption. You would gain proficiency on persuasion checks. And if you take acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder damage, you can choose to take no damage instead. You can only use that once per long rest, though. And then the sword is a short sword of luck. You have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls. And while carrying the short sword, you can call on its luck as a free action, so no bonus action or anything required, to re-roll one attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. You must use the second roll. And again, that's once per day. Once per long rest. Kavarx is going to try to get his spear back. You can recover that. I wanted to roll some hit dive to get some hit points back. Yep. So I have just done that. Okay. And I have regained 15. If I'm already proficient in persuasion, does the ring do anything else? If you are already proficient in the skill, your proficiency bonus is doubled. Anything else during your short rest? No, Kavaris is just going to try to make sure that Kess is all right and then kind of see what everyone else is doing, if anyone wants to talk or anything, but... Kess is feeling a lot better thanks to Kilvarax's ministrations. We are back and we have just finished a short rest to help help Kess regain some of her hit points after dispatching the Wyvern at the top of Three Tree Hill. Any further action before continuing on down the road? I climb to the highest point I can on this uh, hill and take a seal of what I can see. 
Mm, fabulous. Give me, please, a perception check. 19. So off to the south of where you are, you can see a smoldering mountaintop, which you would assume is that red worm peak, which is mentioned on the map. You can also see a, a large river that traverses down kind of to your east and then joins with another river that uh, that comes in from the west and then kind of continues south from there. You can see them. And then far off in the distance, you can see a shadowy, evil-looking, small castle. Towards the end of our short rest, I, mean, I will have the snake begin moving out in the direction towards the wood bridge mm -hmm. and staying about 75 to 85 feet uh, ahead yep. of us. Yep. Searching from where you are, you're guessing that the wood bridge is, is only an hour or two away. So again, it's early afternoon at this point. You rested for an hour or so. Uh, and um, it, the wood bridge itself is maybe uh, at the pace that you guys have been keeping is maybe an hour or so away. So you'll get there kind of early afternoon. So the snake will definitely, again, sort of keep an eye out for you. He confirms that there is indeed a, a river as you get close to it does not seem anything particularly alarming about it. Although, Candy, give me, please, your familiar's perception roll again. A nine. It has a passive perception of 10 for what it matters, and it also has 10 feet of blind sight. Blind sight doesn't factor in, so that's fine. On the map, it mm -hmm. mentions the foggy moors. Do I get any sense from the snake that we're approaching kind of a Moorish area or is it all still rel relatively dry until the other side of the bridge? Uh, it's definitely, it's dry until the other side of the bridge and searches again from, from kind of where you are up at the top, kind of peering down there. Um, you definitely seem that the, in near mythical relevance, the river seemed to be some sort of division where the side of the river that you are on currently is the placid, natural side of the river, short of the, the village that you guys appeared in, which had seemed to be run down and abandoned. But that definitely on the other side of the river, the area takes a turn to a more sinister bent. And again, just to go ahead and make sure that, that I understand your marching order, try to put you guys somewhat similar to how it was previously, but if you want to change your, your order in any way, or if anybody is scouting ahead. I believe that Kilvarex was in the rear. Lorai was up front That's scouting right. ahead a little bit, and then Candy was kind of in the next rank behind her along with I thought it was Kess but maybe it wasn't yep that's that I think I've kind of tried to recreate and I know um, searches was more kind of staying in the in the trees uh, you have exited the trees at this point towards the shore so there's less tree follow for you to go ahead and, and cap into in keeping with my general recklessness could be I be right behind Delorai all for casual recklessness I like it Fabulous. And on the opposite shore, you can see evidence of maybe a camp or a shipwreck or something like that. But you see some like some barrels and some broken timbers um, and cloth and, and stuff like that on the opposite shore. Uh, like if you crossed the bridge and went to the left, you would see it. So 
So funnily enough, even though it's called Woodbridge, the bridge is made of stone, but you can see some evidence that it used to be more of a wooden covered bridge, but it's long since been replaced with a stone bridge, but it's, it's, it's labeled on the map as Woodbridge, which makes you think that the bridge itself might be aged. Noticing the sinister surrounding on the far side of the bridge, mm-hmm. Kess draws her longsword. Candy always has his great sword out. It's really hard to, you know, stow that. Take his shield off his back then when he sees everyone else getting ready. Ellery's going to pull her normal short sword from its scabbard. And and actually, she'd like to start off by looking over the edge and see if she can see underneath the bridge before she goes on it. Fabulous. Give me a perception check, please. (laughs) Natural 20. Fabulous. All right. Uh, (laughs) uh, So as you kind of creep down the shore to look under the bridge first thing is on one of the bushes kind of on the shoreline there you find a necklace hanging from one of the branches the necklace is gold in color and has an emerald raven in the charm on the necklace okay glints in the sun and catches your uh, catches your eye well i'll snag that off the branch because i didn't see the or or hear everything that went on with the other raven adorned Mm -hmm. piece of jewelry before indeed yep the other thing before you carry on the other thing is that as you kind of work your way down you catch smell of an odor for sure you have caught whiff of something foul. Unwashed teenager socks. So, Alara, you have definitely smelled something. All right. In a low voice, I'm going to say something is dead under there. Something is dead or just smells like it. Either or. And she's going to now stealth and creep down further to the shore. I will position myself in kind of a supporting position and ready a mind sliver. Alari, you you are now sure that you smell whatever it is and it's kind of coming from that little island in the middle there. And you hear soft splashing in the water and uh, sort of a humming or singing voice that is very gruff and very not musical at all. Alari, you do recognize it. And it is, they are speaking in giant. And it is, it's singing this odd little song about where has my necklace gone? Where is the pretty green eye? That sort of thing. I'm going to creep back up the top. I need a stealth check from you, please. That's fine. Well, I'm going to try out the my new sword and roll again. Yep. Well, I will happily take this roll because I went from a six to a twenty. Another natural twenty. Fabulous. Okay. I disappear. Yeah. God damn! My kingdom for a nineteen. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Alara, you are able to sneak successfully back up to the top there. So I will explain to everybody. What I found, I'm going to show him the necklace, explain what the guy is singing very quietly in hushed voices, what the voice I heard is singing. 
and hand it to Candy and see if he wants to examine it, see if it's anything special or just a necklace with a stone and a raven on it. I'll look at it and give it an arcana check. I'm not going to take the 11 yep. minutes to cast identify. Nope, fair enough. Uh, give me your arcana check, please. Oh, nice. That will be a 25. Yep, it certainly could be magical. It would be, Again, it fits the mold. It is most likely an artifact like the ring before. What ring? That wasn't a good ring. I don't think we should sit here at the edge of the bridge and talk about it if there's someone singing underneath it. If it is okay, I will store this for later. And I will slip it into one of my pouches. Kess says, do you want me to cause a diversion? If it is under the bridge, then why don't we just go over the bridge and avoid any sort of entanglement? It is on the center island. It's under the bridge, but we have to go over that island. My suspicion is that it lurks under the bridge to ambush unwary travelers. If I can distract it, then I believe we may be able to get across the bridge without Does, bothering us. So the center island, does the bridge kind of rest on it or is it elevated above it? It rests on it. So it's like it's, it's like, a, like a bend almost, like the elbow there. Okay. It's like two bridges, yeah. Kilvaris is going to put his hand on Kess's shoulder and say, I'll guide you on your journey and cast guidance on her. May you go with his blessing. May I suggest before you start any diversion, we try and stealthily get across the first part. So then you're not cut off. You can just run straight through the second part of the bridge. Kess turns to the rest of you and says, well, I was going to send some pretty little lights under there and see if it will follow them before engaging in any senseless heroics. Senseless heroics will be next. But why don't I just try distracting it with some little lights and see what happens? I don't see any harm in trying that. Okay, so do you want to send dancing lights under the bridge? I will cast dancing lights. What's the range on that? Pretty damn far. I will summon my mage hand. So it's 120 feet. Does the guidance help me in any way? I don't know. It'll help you for like attack rolls and skill checks and stuff like that. Awesome. Okay. So the range on them is 120 feet. So I'll cast them and I'll send them under the bridge and in a kind of a little humanoid shape. And there will be this little glowing humanoid dancing lights figure walking around under there. I'm not sure which side the giant or troll is on. So the dancing lights are kind of circulating to see if we okay. can flush it out. In preparation for that, Alarai will put away her sword and take out her short bow. I will have the mage hand kind of move along with the dancing lights and kind of carrying like a rock or, or a flower or something. Kess, so if you're looking at the bridge, obviously there's a left-hand side and there's a right-hand side. Which side are you putting the lights on? Are they going like along the longer part of this middle island or more in the water to the north of where the bridge is? So are you talking about left and right or north? So as you're looking at the bridge, left yes. would be north, right would be south. Okay. Where, where are you putting the lights? I'm starting them on the side near me in the shadow. Yep, directly sorry. under where the bridge begins to hinge a little bit in the middle. So I'm starting them there, but then I'm going to have them circulate. 
So they'll go under one side and then they'll go under the other side until they find the beast. I think that this creature is somewhere under one side of the bridge. So they're kind of going around little creatures and staying as far as they can in shadowy spots. Yep. Okay. Um, And then Candy, you said that your mage hand carrying a flower or something (laughs) right behind it is basically just floating right behind the dancing lights. If there's a way to make it be visible, I I would like to. Give give me an intelligence save and see if you can can push that. Save? Uh, Yeah, just because that's the, if you're proficient in it, otherwise it's just your ability modifier. I am proficient in it. That's why I was asking. Yep. Give you your proficiency bonus. That's fine. Nat 20. Rock on. There you go. Yep. So you have got mm-hmm. a, a floating hand carrying uh, some of uh, flowers that you found on the shoreline. For a 26, if it matters. Nope. Natural 20 is good enough. So. <laughs> okay. So this little light made humanoid and a hand carrying flowers moves around the bridge and you hear uh, this deep guttural voice uh, shout something and Alarai in giant, uh, you hear it say, who goes there? What's that? Yes, and Candy are together driving the lure. So we, rather than answering, we, we cause it to continue moving in an enticing manner. Slowly okay. enough that you might want to chase it, but far enough away that it's not grabbable. As you continue to move... You see a troll poke its head out from under the bridge and try to get at the lure. All right, so the lure is going to continue moving away from the bridge under these trees at the bottom, so where it's shadowy, to try to draw the troll away from the bridge as far as possible. So the lights are going to dance as far as they can still on on land and pull the troll away, and Cass is going to turn and look at everyone with glee and say, let's book it, and run across the bridge. Okay. All right, Candy, the initiative is yours. If Kess is saying to book it, I believe was her, her, her uh, uh, saying, uh, Candy will look at her and nod and book it. Okay. I will double move across the bridge and have my snake do the same once it gets to the other side. What is Candy's movement, 30? 30. And its movement is 30 also. Right, that's what I figured. It just stayed as far ahead of you as it normally is. Yep. Kess. Kess's normal movement is 40 feet. Kess is going to spend key point on Step of the Wind and go 80 feet. But then turn with the longsword in case needed. So that's the dash action as a bonus action. Mm Mm-hmm. And I ready a reaction. Okay. So should the troll succeed in approaching me, I will attack with my longsword. Okay. And I'll decide on the motion when, yep. on how I attack, if that should happen. Sounds fabulous. Anon. How far away is the troll from Anon? 50 feet. I'm thinking Anon will tr- attempt to cast sleep on the troll okay. from second level. Uh, use one spell slot. Um, that is, yeah. So the additional two d eight on top of the normal five d eight, so seven d eight total for hit points. Okay. Okay. So roll roll your seven d eight for a total of forty hit points worth. That's not sufficient hit points. 
And then I'll just move uh, my 30 feet across the bridge. Um, are you trying to be stealthy at all, or...? I'm a 500-pound turtle. That's a fair point. Uh, 30 feet will get you about there. I figured I'm wearing armor that makes me stealth at disadvantage. It's not happening. Yeah, Kilvar's uh, over 250 pounds, and that's not yeah. what yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a 500-pound turtle of, crossing against a stone bridge. I'm not going to be stealthy. Of, <laughs> a lot of beef on the hoof in this party, yeah. Alarai. Um, Alarai is going to dash down the, you know, across the bridge. Yeah. And are you going to yeah. use your bonus action also for triple movement or well, just how, Um, can you move me to the square that's just to the left of Candy? And I will stay right there with my bow out just, yep. just, just to cover the rear. Bonus action hide. Yep. Searches the sands. All right. I am going to just drop on down to all fours and use my feline agility to be able to move, I believe, 120 feet so I can clear the bridge. You can indeed. Do you want to move all 120 feet? Uh, no, I just want to get across. Okay. Last but certainly not least, Kilvarix. Kilvarix is not going to want to leave Eon behind. So he's going to move up to him and kind of tap him on the shoulder and says, don't worry, I've got your back. Awesome. So, Kess and Candy, do either of your spells require concentration, and are you keeping it up? Dancing Lights requires concentration. It does. Okay. Are you keeping it up at this point? Mage Hand does not. Mage Hand does not. I didn't think so. Yep. Are you keeping the lights up, or are you dispelling it at this point now that you're, now that, for the most part, you're across? I am keeping it up for now. Okay. Because the longer we can keep the troll distracted, the less we're going to have to fight. But I'm ready to drop it if I need to do something else. None of you are being particularly stealthy, right? Alarite hid. And you, last time you rolled stealth, you rolled it at advan- You rolled a natural twenty, so you're fine. So as you guys w- run by the troll, he definitely turns his head to acknowledge that someone's crossing by, right? And is only at half movement from where he is because of the terrain. Uh, so his movement is only 30. And that is the extent of his turn. He's definitely trying to scrabble up the shore, the, like the rock to try to get up to the bridge, uh, muttering naughty things under his troll breath. Okay. He is outside of 15 feet, correct? Just barely, yep. Okay. I will cast a mind sliver on him. Mm-hmm. So he will need an intelligence saving throw, DC 14, please. That's not going to go well for him. <laughs> I think it would. Oh, so he crit failed on his intelligence save. So your mind sliver will do double day. Okay. Roll twice or just double what I roll? Double what you roll. Uh, I rolled a two, so he'll take four points of psychic damage. Okay. And he has a minus D4 to his next saving throw. Rock on. In Giant Alarai, you hear him say, Oh, brain hurt. And then I will move 30 feet towards Kess. Alarai is going to be impressed that he knows his brain is in his head. Well, he didn't touch anything. He just said his brain hurt. He may have grabbed his butt for all we know. <laughs> Go ahead, guess. So I'm going to drop the um, the dancing lights. They've just disappeared. And cast darkness on the troll. 
So he's now in a 15-foot sphere of undispellable darkness. Ooh. Can't see anything. That does require concentration, and it's my action. Okay. Uh, you said 15-foot? 15 15-foot 15 radius sphere. He's just in darkness. Okay. And that's centered on him himself, so maybe it's in his hair or something. Okay, so a 15-foot centered on him. And then I'm going to take my normal movement, feeling that I've done enough to protect the others. I'll book it some more, another 40 feet. Or to the other end of the bridge. All right, so Alari, the 15-foot partially covers you, just to illustrate where it is. Now Arasto can't see! Sun's getting awful low, big guy. Okay. Anon, it's your turn. The Sphere of Darkness is sort of impeding on the bridge here a little bit, so you'll have to walk outside of it. Yeah, I'll move my 30 feet uh, and skirt around the edge. And then I'll go ahead and use my dash action to move another 30. Uh, Candy, a huffing and puffing turtle has caught up with you. Nod at him. (sighs) (sighs) Way to go, Enon. Alarai, you are currently in darkness. Like, looking at where you are, you are certainly more than 75% in the darkness, and so you cannot see anything. I'm going to take that step to my right, and I'm going to hold an action. If I see that sphere start to move towards us, towards the bridge, I'm going to shoot an arrow towards where I feel the center of that is. Um, So is that you only want to move that five feet? Yep, I want to cover. Give me an intelligence check, please, to see if you can determine what the middle is. 21. Excellent, thank you. You feel pretty confident that you know where the middle of the sphere is. Okay, searches. It's your turn. All the action seems to be happening behind you. All right, so I will turn around and face that and can't really see into the darkness, so I will just ready an action that if I see the troll or have a good idea where he is, I will take a shot at him. Okay, fair enough. Alright, uh, and kill Varix. Kill Varix will be double moving with Enon, so he is huffing and puffing with him. Okay. So, 60 feet for kill Varix. Hard to squeeze by as the big guy, you know, so. And now the troll will move. Uh, I am going to... Alari, the the darkness has moved and enveloped you. You had movement left over. Do you want to uh, move to stay ahead of the darkness? Yes. And I will shoot. Yep. Okay. Roll your attack. And your attack would be at disadvantage, so... Uh, I miss, I'm assuming, because I rolled an eight. Uh, You will indeed. With him in the darkness like that, it's going to be very difficult for him to catch up with any of you having now passed him. There is still the shipwrecky stuff kind of north of where you guys are right now. Do you wish to investigate or just uh, get out of dodge? I would have had my snake go that direction. Uh, Your snake can go that direction, yep. It's uh, beachhead, broken timbers, a couple of barrels. Any bodies, any bags or backpacks or pouches? Give me a d20 roll. 16. 16. Your snake actually says that there's something someone has written beware in the sand. Um, But as far as you can tell, there's no body. It's written in common. There may be blood in the sand. 
but it's not sure. And it seems freaked out. Okay. I'll call it back. And then the ruse was to evade. We have succeeded. Do keep moving to put distance between us. Kess looks to you and says, your snakes seem scared, so I suggest we keep looking at It has seen more writing of warning. Seems to be a theme around here. Indeed. Alarai was going to gruffly yell at the troll in giant. Your necklace is on the other bank. Pretty green gem. It fires back at you and says, I will drink the marrow from your bones in my soup. Next time on the Book of the Raven. Along the roadside, there is a, a sign written in an archaic script that, with an arrow pointing to the house and calling it Chalet Brantifax. I don't believe anyone's home. Shall we continue? Would you care for a hardened confection? And I will pull out my shovel and I will start digging a little bit. Excellent. And I ask, is everything all right? Hess is going to yell out, no. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary.